First off, on 2004, uh, you team up. Uh, you teamed up with the frequent collaborator Joshua for production on every single track. Uh, so I'm wondering, like, how did you originally meet up with Joshua, and what led you to deciding, like, yeah, okay, this is somebody that I want to work with from here on out. So funny enough, um, I'm pretty sure there's like a huge, obvious inspiration coming from Eric. Mm -hmm. Eric's like one of my favorite artists, and what I wanted to do was, at the time I was in, I was making music. I really wasn't sure of what I wanted to make at first. As an artist, I was like really wondering. Hmm, what if I try making more like instead of like doing cap rap, which I was doing originally at the time, I was like, what if I make music that's pop and it's actually like stories that I want to tell personally? Mm -hmm. And then I just searched up literally Eric DOA fantasize type beat. Then <laughs> the first results were like there was one by Johnny Friend, I think. And afterwards, I saw the one by Joshua. I checked Johnny Friends first. I like that. But then I heard Joshua and I was like, this is really, really good. It sounds super mainstream. I went through their YouTube channel and then I was I found the beat for sidetrack right after I was like, holy shit, I gotta work with this dude. Like I have to 100 percent work with him. I hit him up on IG, we agreed to some shit, like he'll get splits, and afterwards I'll be able to use his beats, and here we are now, 2004 is out. That's awesome. And like and seeing an entire project uh from you like uh produced by somebody else is a really cool site considering like just how much of your catalog is self-produced. So I'm wondering, like, was there an adjustment period where you had to get used to like hopping on another person's like work? And if so, like what did you do to eventually move past that? Actually, not really, because like even before I if, when I, before I wanted to do vocals, I already was interested in hopping other people's beats. Hmm. Um, shout out to Cold Spades for this answer, because like Widow sent me a beat when I was in my phase of wanting to do vocals, and then I hopped on it with Cold Spades. It was checks. It's still on Spotify. The song is actual shit, but like <laughs> it was so fun to make as my first song, and that's when I knew like I really won't have a problem hopping on other people's beats. If anything, it was actually the opposite problem. I would try to make a beat for myself and I felt like I never personally could get onto it, which is, which sounds weird, right? Like I made the beat, but I can't hop on it. But that was at the same time I was on a period of, I was making beats for different artists and I wanted to hear myself on them, but I couldn't until like I got confident enough to finally hop on my own music. Right. That makes sense. And like, although like 2004 marks your first full fledged like project release, I understand you've been making music for quite some time since like 2019, correct? 2019. Yes, that's what I've been doing seriously, um, producing for other artists, but I was in a different scene at that point. Right, okay. And considering like how many like 13, 14, 15 year olds there are like entering the community every day, I'm wondering like, are there lessons either like whether they be like social, like relationship based or like musical that you wish you had earned, uh, like learned earlier when you were just starting out? I was age 14, entering the scene, turning 15 like a few months later. And one thing I wish I would have definitely learned is be more social and getting better networking because in the scene, like I'm I'm not a very social person, even IRL. So like in this scene, it was a, it was a decent adjustment period to be able to talk to more people, especially because like you kind of need that in any sort of application, be it school and work. But like, of course, it was needed in music as well to grow. And also just like, it does, it's just more fun to do things with friends anyways. Because like, if you're like, it's great to do things with like a small circle, of course, but like having a lot of friends also just feels great because like, never really makes you feel like you're alone or anything like that. Right. Like I remember uh, when I first like joined the community, I like had a really, really hard time. Like, like make, like, I don't know. I like, I had like a ton of anxiety about like making friends originally. And I specifically remembered like the first discord call I ever joined. And I think it was like the overcast discord or something. Like I had my hand like hovering over the join button for like, five minutes straight and i was like oh shit i don't know if i want to or not but yeah no like i think i agree i think um 
that's definitely something that's happened to me too. Yeah, like I think specifically getting like a small group of people is a really like really good like form of advice because I think that's where I think a lot of the best collaborations come from. On the pro on the topic of production, we've seen a lot of discussion about like types of production and whatnot that should be left in 2021. So I'm wondering like, are there any production techniques or any approaches or anything like that that you should that you think we should leave behind going into the new year? Hmm. Rage beats. No, I'm just kidding. Do whatever you want, really. Because, like, <laughs> jokes aside, um, doing whatever type of beats you want is what's the fun in production anyways. Be it making some beats that, like, you just throw up on Apple Studio just, like, fucking around. Or, like, making serious beats or experimenting with a newer sound. It's honestly, I don't feel like there should be too many production techniques other than sending beats, like, off-key. Like, let me do that myself, please. Don't, don't pitch up. Or, like, detuning and shit like that, yeah. Yes. Yeah, but on the flip side of that coin, are there any like production techniques that you think more des that deserve more love going forward? Uh huh. Good question. Um, for me, the main production technique that I love to use, you hear this in every single song that I make on my, like my most of my self prod shit. Makeshift karma better back to back even granular synthesis is literally one of the best production like things you can use. Like being able to granulize stuff has honestly been a huge part of my sound and like i definitely want to develop that more this year and then uh i feel like oftentimes with like project releases there's a tendency for artists to sort of like recontextualize their earlier work through the lens of their most recent like album or ep so i'm wondering like do you view the music you made prior to 2004 as like a different era in your music and like or do or you just view it as like a stepping stone to where you are now Honestly, I feel like it's a bit of both because, like, it definitely learning um to go from song to song. You you kind of learn some new things. You pick up some new things along the way. I feel like two thousand four marks a new era, while the older songs can also be a bit of a stepping stone, and they were also past eras because, like, there's like um a time where I wanted to make more self prod shit. Like, I would grab my guitar, and make like uh like stuff like makeshift bitter, but then. I I can change my mind, be like, you know what? I'll make, I want to make a pop song. I'm going to use a Joshua beat or make a bossa nova song and just rap on a side beat. Like, it just like it comes sporadically to the point where I can say it's an error, but it's also a stepping stone for me to learn newer things later on. Right. And with the uh, the release of 2004, so I had a wave of people like mishearing and kind of fucking up your lyrics on Genius. So I'm wondering, like, uh, what would you say is the funniest like misunderstanding of lyrics you've ever seen? It's. Actually, surprisingly, there is not too many fuck ups. But on Run It Back, mm -hmm. the lyrics got fucked up twice. It went from like "oh fuck shit" to "all for shit," and there's even instead of "we in the function" because like of course it's kind of like a song where you're like hype as fuck. It's like "we need to function." I was like. <laughs> How the fuck did you get those lyrics? Yeah, like I remember, uh, uh, I remember there was like that one Midwest song. I forget what song it was specifically, but uh, it, he says in it like, "I feel like I'm Dante, bitch. Do you really want? Do you really want to die?" And then people on Genius put it as like, "I feel like I'm Dante," as in I'm Dante the streamer and not Dante like Dante Red, which was hilarious to me. Although you've put out quite a few singles in the past year or so, 2004 marks your first ever project release. Um, so I'm wondering, like, with any debut like that, I'm sure there are going to be plenty of unknowns. So I'm wondering, like, what did what expectations did you have going into the release of 2004? Did you have any sort of like anxiety? Honestly, I was definitely very anxious and nervous to release the album because, like, or EP because, like, it's like I scrapped. A lot of my older works in SoundCloud, and it was just like, this is like a fresh start for me, a fresh new beginning for like my music. And it was just like, I was gonna put this project out. I already had pretty not, I didn't have the best expectations for it, especially week one, because like, I know there's like a common trend. Singles are the shit that's kind of popping off. Like, albums and projects are pretty like they don't get the same recognition unless it's from an artist that's already established themselves. And even those artists, there's 
their singles get way more attention than some of the album songs. I just expected that, but what I didn't expect, of course, was just how much support already came in. Because like getting 1K above plays in like the first week on an album in SoundCloud for me, especially as an artist, it's like getting more recognition ever since I've stopped producing as often as I do. That was crazy for me to see. Right, yeah. And I mean, like, uh, you mentioned how, like, uh, oftentimes, like, singles get a lot more, like, appreciation versus albums. And I feel like we've seen, like, a, like that, like, debate of, like, what should you focus on more when you're just starting out? Either, like, putting out, like, just a consistent run of singles or, like, getting a full-blown, like, album out there and whatnot. So I'm wondering, like, now that you've, like, gotten both underneath your belt, what would you say is more important for smaller artists to focus on when they're just starting out? Singles are definitely a great way to show what you can do. And albums are a great way to establish yourself and and show off your full arsenal because like singles are kind of just like you should definitely drop singles first in my opinion because like that's what gets that's what of course spreads first i'm pretty sure that's what most people do but like there's nothing wrong with dropping an album already off the get-go because like you also get to show that you're capable of making a full-fledged project even without the eyes of people but of course for promotion's sake most people would definitely prepare or prefer to release a single first and then uh on a similar on a similar note like the scene had like quite a moment recently uh when like i show speed hopped on both a leroy beat and a torque nation beat like back to back in a single day and i feel like that was kind of like a wake-up moment for like a lot of us to be like wow the scenes like influence can be like a lot bigger than what we think it is at times so i'm wondering like have there ever been any instances like that where you've maybe like bumped into somebody wearing merch from an artist in the scene or anything like that that has sort of put the true scale of the community into perspective for you Oh my god, I remember uh, uh, I met one of my friends over the internet, right? Um, I, I just met someone and they sent me like their Spotify or just saw their Spotify somewhere. I clicked on it and then I saw their playlist and I saw tracks by like Dante, Glaive. I was like, yo, what the fuck? You know these people? That's actually so crazy. <laughs> I even remember like um, my little cousin, um, sh- they're 10 years old, right? They, they use TikTok and I literally heard psycho brooklyn blood pop and i was like damn that shit came from bloodhounds and that was from our scene and i was like it's crazy to think about how far the scene is spread you mentioned um uh, brooklyn blood pop it's kind of insane to be like i feel like i blinked and then that song has like what like 100 million 200 million streams now it's insane how much that song exploded it's my little cousin of all people like (laughs) i didn't even expect people in my country to listen to the scene that's the, that's the wildest shit. It does bring up the fact that you are one of like pretty damn few artists in the Philippines that are in the community. So I'm wondering, like, what would you say are some advantages and disadvantages of being there? Advantages? Honestly, I don't think there's a lot of advantages. <laughs> like, even, I, I, I was just going to straight up say none, but like, I just want to be real and just say like, there's not really a lot of advantages to staying in the Philippines. Like, not to judge the music scene here, but the music scene here that probably doesn't get stuff like most people in this scene get like Hyperpop probably wouldn't pop off as much in the Philippines. Plug wouldn't pop off as much in the Philippines. Um, a lot of genres here are just pretty close-minded. A lot of the mainstream list- mainstream listeners here are very close-minded. And I don't even feel like I'd fit onto the underground scene. That's honestly something I've never tapped into myself. So I was just straight up like, yeah, you know, I'm just going to make some friends over the internet. They'll probably get appreciate the Philippines a lot. But like, I definitely don't feel like I can tap myself into the music scene here. Fair enough. And then uh, on the topic, what are some of the biggest cultural differences you noticed between you and your American friends? I saw that you were pretty shocked to hear about Fruity Pebbles. I don't know what the fuck Fruity Pebbles are still. Like, okay, I know okay, that they're okay, cereal. Here, Okay, let me let me run it down for you. So basically, like, um, like do you have cocoa pebbles over there? Like cocoa, you guys have cocoa. Pebbles, I've right? never tried cocoa pebbles. No. Okay. Okay. What about uh, I mean, like Rice Krispies? 
Oh yeah, we have Rice Krispies, but like y'all have Chocopic, right, or whatever it's called there. We what's it called? What do you say? Chocopic, the one with like the dog on the, on the box or something. No, we do not have that. Uh, okay, it's I know there's shit there in America, but for us it's called Cocoa Crunch or something. So like, and then y'all have Fanta, right? Y'all have Fanta. Yeah, we have Fanta. That's yeah. your that's your orange soda. Ours is called Royal, and just like what's a Fanta? It looks like Royal. And I was younger, it's just like, damn, and. I remember hearing all these jokes about how Popeye's chicken was really good when I was nine years old. And in the Philippines, we didn't even have that when I was nine. All my American friends would be like, damn, this Popeye's biscuit dry as fuck. Haha, funny meme there. But then I've never tried it at some <laughs> point. And then I tried it again and I was like, damn, that shit really is dry. Right. Yeah. And do you have plans to come to the US anytime soon or no? I definitely really want to come by June because I want to meet up with a bunch of people. Um, there's Scott I want to link up with. There's definitely a lot of people in the area in the U.S. I want to link up with. And that's probably one of the things I want to do for this year. Or, yeah, this year. Because, like, it, it definitely seems fun to come back then afterwards, like, chill with some people. Maybe eventually shoot a music video there because, like, probably shooting a video here probably isn't the best idea. But, like, I definitely want to come back to the U.S., especially as, like, now that I'm wiser, I got more friends here rather than just one internet friend. You know, it seems fun as fuck. And then uh, no matter how many new artists you discover, it seems like there's always going to be, like, a hundred more you wish you found sooner. So if you could pick a handful of artists to our listeners onto right now, who would you pick? Definitely 4CF Scott Ryan. Shout out UND. Jades. Jades doesn't get enough appreciation as good as Jades is. NCO is really good at music. Cracked ass prod. NCO is insane for how young he is. Like, holy fuck, dude. At the age of 13, I was watching Adventure Time and regular show and, like, fucking like picking my own boogers and shit i don't know how he like does all that at the age of 13 at the age of 13 i was making xxx tentacion reprods bro bro doing way better than i am carbine please do an interview with carbine please do it. i'm definitely going to at some point yeah on a similar note uh you collaborated with a good handful of people on 2004 but i can imagine there's still plenty more that you want to work with so if you could pick a handful of like dream collaborators uh who would they be can anybody like dead or alive dream collaborators eric definitely is my top one like bros inspired me to do so much shit from here on out like it's it it just has to happen at one point um dominic fike really really enjoyed that album he put out oh i'm, I'm just gonna shove carbine in because like <laughs> this is just a reminder that we have to work by the way just letting you know. yeah pushing the carbine agenda yeah yeah polyphia polyphia is a mm. huge inspo to my guitar stuff actually the guitar i used to record my shit is actually the tim henson's guitar like i actually copped the signature because i enjoy polyphia that much and that's what i used to record all my guitar songs since this artist has inspired me especially when i was like 12 13 like i was getting into more rap stuff at that age definitely tyler the creator because tyler of course is one of the artists is like got it grown so much from like their first few songs you, you can really hear the evolution and it I feel like that's something I can definitely relate to because as an artist or as a producer back then in the trap metal scene, I was more close into the box of making similar types of beats. Of course, I could have made it more unique, but like that, I just chose what I was good at. But like, I wanted to evolve from that, grow from that. I didn't really want to make that my sound. Hell, I still get pissed off personally when it's like, hey, um, were you the one who produced Banana Pie or something? Like, that's a great <laughs> song and all, but like, personally, I want to move on from that. I'm not just that producer anymore i'm definitely more of an artist who likes to sing and shit right like you mentioned on twitter the other day like oh i finally like i'm no longer just like a producer to people i finally made it and shit like that like i feel like people generally like 
like push people into boxes once they get known for like a certain thing yeah that's definitely something that relieved me so much because um and then uh finally uh considering you put your biggest and most complete project uh so far just a month into 2022 i think it's safe to say you've already accomplished quite a bit this year uh but i'm really and i'm really really excited for what the future holds for you so i'm wondering like with a whole year spread out in front of you what are you looking to accomplish in 2022 seeing the ep just like release for me i feel like i am really just getting started because like that ep release those were songs that i made last year a compilation of songs that i made last year only got really finished this year every single recording every single vocal that i recorded there was made at the span from may 2021 till november that's about the reach just until november and afterwards i've never recorded anything else i just waited for the extra two months for josh to reprod or take some stuff on the album but then like afterwards they'll just like yeah this is it now that i'm stepping into 2022 i'm already recording new music already getting ready for newer drops as i'm as the year progresses and now i already have like two drops coming for one for february one for march and the march drop is probably gonna be my favorite yeah, I mean, I think uh, I think generally just like shooting to like you mentioned, like, oh, it's just getting started. I think considering how big of a release 2004 was, I think that's a good sign for what's to come for you. Uh, all right. I think in that case, that's going to wrap it up for you today. Thank, thank you so much for meeting openly today. Uh, thank you so much. Oh, by the way, how's your Almoranus infection going? Bro, I swear to fucking God. <laughs>